Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Sales Lab. This is Anthony Grost with Homebridge Financial, and I'm your host for today's program on how to build your best sales team, uh, featuring Jeff Shore. Last month, uh, I attended Jeff's Sales Leadership Summit in Denver, and there were nearly 400 attendees from 100 different builders from all over the country that came to learn. And Jeff's event was really, for me personally, inspirational, uh, and the information presented most important, was relevant, and it was actionable. So from a sales leadership perspective, what he was sharing were things that I could, I could use and improve our sale, my sales teams as well as any sales teams. You know, and as a sales leader, there was one subject that really resonated with me, and that was in the skills development section. You know, how do we improve our sales team skills? And this can be not only the team, this can be individually as well. Well, that's why I asked Jeff to join us today. I thought that particular topic was so impactful that I wanted to share it again on our broadcast. We're going to, you know, there's going to be some learning points today, some things we're going to cover, how to develop a culture that demands performance. We're going to talk about how to coach to and celebrate excellence. We're going to review the three keys to talent development, and this comes from Daniel Coyle's book, The Talent Code, which is really a a great read. I haven't started it. I started just part of it, but I haven't read the whole thing through, Um, and also Accelerating Skills Mastery. So great content we're going to be covering today, but before we begin, I just wanted to highlight to everybody that today's program is all about learning together. We want your participation in questions. If you have a question, use the chat box. We'll address them as we go in real time. But if we can't answer them, we'll definitely follow up afterwards. Also, I know you'll be taking notes uh, during today's presentation. I just want you to know that we will also be recording today's webinar and we'll follow up with a link for all of you in attendance who you can listen to it again. If you aren't familiar with Jeff, I'll tell you a little bit about him. Jeff is the founder and president of Shore Consulting. And this is a company that specializes in consumer psychology-based sales training. And their training and the information that Jeff shares with you is tested and proven. And what I love most about it is it's consumer, it's based on how the buyers think. And he's not only an author, he's got a great book you should read called The uh, 4-2 Method. He hosts some popular, actually a a popular sales uh, podcast. It's called The Buyer's Mind. That's a great insight. He has experts that come on for that. And he's also an award-winning keynote speaker. You know, he has over 30 years of experience working the front line. I mean, not from behind the desk, but actually working in the sales. And he teaches salespeople how to climb inside the buyer's mind and to sell the way buyers want to buy. And that is the difference and why I'm so happy that we have Jeff on our program today. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome Jeff Shore. Jeff, how are you today? I am fantastic. Looking forward to this. Uh, always good to be together with you, uh, Anthony. Appreciate the fine work that you're doing at Homebridge and just the series in general to help people to just to be better. What do we do here to take our skills to uh, the next level, especially with sales leaders? And I know, Anthony, you work a lot with sales leaders, so you see firsthand this is not an easy job to try and figure out. No, it's it's challenging. And I, I will tell you, just being open with everybody, you know, listening to your content, I the first person I look at is myself, you know, when it mm-hmm. says, you know, look at look at your leadership and how do you lead? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, listen, there's no question about it. When 
you know, we think about our leadership style and we think about who it is that we are, you know, we could put all kinds of effort doing a lot of different things in sales leadership. But at the end of the day, it's almost like the, you know, the coach of an athletic team. You, you can't show me a really great coach with a lousy team. It's just not the way it's going to work. The team is performing or it's not performing. And ultimately, that is the measure of uh, a great coach. And so we're going to look at it today for all of you in that sales leadership position and ask the question, what do we do to build our, our very best sales team? And more specifically, what do we do to uh, help them to develop their talent level, their skill level uh, in, in uh, the sales office? And one of the concerns that I have as I think this through is that when we think about where we are right now as an industry, I mean, let's, let's face it, the market's pretty darn good, and it's been good in most areas of the United States over the last several years, uh, and that's great. We're going to take advantage of that as long as we can, but I also want to look at it and say, how can I make sure that I'm developing a team that's market-proof, right? They can perform market in and market out, and that's really what skill development is is all about. I am, I would say I'm worried, but I, there are certainly is some concern, um, not about whether the market's going to crash, but about whether people are prepared for any market environment. And, and then I want to take it even further, because when I think about sales leaders, it's such a difficult job. And I know I did it for many, many years. But when I'm thinking about all of the things that have to be uh, balanced and juggled as a sales leader, the things that are competing for your attention, the problem solving, the customer complaints, the endless meetings that we have to go to, the amount of paperwork, the number of emails that we receive on any given day, trying to figure out how to forecast sales, how to count sales, how to move sales along. The problem is, by the time we're done, then I ask myself the question, well, where do we have time for skill development? Right? Where does that come into play? How do I make my team better? And what we want to do in our time together today is really look at that subject and ask you to just challenge you with this question. Uh, how obsessive are you? How relentless are you about skill development? Right. That's really what I want to get to. I want to look at it and say, how much do you want your sales team to be great? because it's not something we can simply will, it's something that we have to do. And there's a relentlessness that goes into this when we think about performance improvement. There's a relentlessness that goes into this when we think about skill development. This is not simply instruction. It's not about barking or yelling or dictating. This is about demonstrated proficiency of your team. It's about knowing and knowing that you know that the skill levels on your team are top notch. And why? Because, because you demand it, because you coach to it, because you hold people accountable to it. And this is critical because you watch the finish performance with profound satisfaction. That is, you watch a salesperson actually perform the skills that you've been working on and you feel really, really good about that. And I just want to ask you right now, if you're a sales leader, to ask yourself the question, when was the last time you had that feeling, right, where you were watching your sales team or watching somebody on your team just nail it in a presentation or a role play? That moment that you were just bursting with pride that your salesperson was performing at such a high level. When was the last time that happened? Or perhaps for some of you on the call, has it ever happened? And I am concerned and because I look at sales leaders and I get it. Our jobs are so varied and so difficult and so time consuming 
that we've got a difficult issue trying to measure how are our teams doing. Now, there's one other thing here that we want to get to, though, before we talk about how skill development works. And it's not just about the idea of, 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 of our skill development and how we have time to do it. It's, re it's also the issue of whether we are gutsy enough to do it. Because if you are a sales leader, you have to have time to do skill development, but you also have to have the guts to do skill development. And the fact of the matter is, it's not easy to stand there with the salesperson and say, do it again, do it again, do it again. It's interesting when we look at sales counselors, there's this really interesting phenomenon. I'm going to describe it, and I want you to think about your own team. Think about sales people on your team who might be afflicted by this, and it's called the yielding tendency. It's the tendency to yield, to give in to those moments of discomfort in the sales process. So when it comes to um, asking for the sale, when it comes to follow-up calls, when it comes to dealing with objections, uh, uh, Henri Realtors, it could be any number of things that cause us discomfort in the sales process, what do your salespeople do? Because if they have a high-yielding tendency, then what do they tend to do? They tend to back off, right? Uh, they, yielding yielders have a very hard time asking for the sale. They have a very hard time making follow-up calls. The yielders, when they get into their discomfort, they find something else that they feel desperately needs to be done right now. But that same yielding tendency can afflict the sales manager. And the fact of the matter is that when it comes to skill development, that can be uncomfortable for many managers. And so we've got to work through that. We've got to look at it. And, and in the conversation today, we're going to look at how we work through that and what that looks like. And I want to start by by taking a look at three key aspects uh, of talent development. And Anthony mentioned just a little bit ago the, the book, The Talent Code uh, by Daniel Coyle. Really, really interesting book about how we grow talent. Because we tend to look at talent and we think, well, I'll tell you what talent is. It's magic, right? That's what talent is. It's like you're born with it. You know, you, you look at, you know, Mozart or Michael Jordan or, you know, whatever it is. It, that, yeah, that's it. That's that innate talent. But the fact of the matter is that there's a physiological uh, aspect of this that takes place in the brain that helps us to grow talent. It's not just a matter of what you're born with. It's what you work towards. And if you're a sales leader, you have to be able to think about how these three keys to talent development work together because they fit into your job, into your life every day. So I'm going to share with you those three keys to talent development, and then we'll have some direct application time as to how we can apply that into your job. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have an issue, if you have a rebuttal, if you have a snide remark, hey, we can take it, put it in the chat box, and we'll address these on the fly. All right, three keys to talent development. The first key is repetition. That is that if I want to grow a talent, whether it's music, uh, athletics, uh, surgery, or sales, I'm going to just tell you right now and warn you, actually, as a sales leader, the worst thing that you could possibly do is ask a salesperson to work on a new skill once. That's not the way it works. If I try to develop a new skill by working on it one time in a one-shot role play, what's going to happen? I'm going to flub it up. I'm going to feel stupid. And I'm going to say to myself, well, that didn't work. I never want to do that again. The key here, uh, the first key to talent development is repetition. Do it again. Do it again. 
do it again. This is so very, very important because something interesting is happening when we do the same thing over and over again. For Actually, a couple of things. One thing that happens is we can feel ourselves get better. I can tell when I do something over and over again that I get better and better and better each time that I do it. Just think about learning to play an instrument or a, a sports skill or whatever it is that you want to do. Every time you do it, you do it a little bit better. That's what repetition is. The question is, why? Why do you do a little better? Well, in repetition, you are developing something in the brain. There's a physiological change that's taking place in the brain. You are developing something called myelin. It's an insulating fabric that wraps the neural pathways in your brain, and it causes the signal to move more quickly and more accurately. So if I repeat the same behavior over and over again, that myelin is actually making a change in the brain. So I'm sure you've heard the term muscle memory. This is a, a, a literal physiological thing, muscle memory. Muscle memory is not a concept. It's actually happening. So what happens with repetition is that we build that myelin when we do it over and over again, and that's what leads us into um, auto actions. Auto actions, a fancy way of saying habits. So when we think about repetition and doing something over and over again, whatever that happens to be, we are not just building skills, we are building habits. Now, I would argue that right now, if you're a sales leader on this call right now, your salespeople already have habits. They just may not be the right habits. So when we think about skill development, repetition is the key to building habits. The second thing you need to have is great coaching. And the reason that this is so important is because self-evaluation of my own performance is actually a really, really difficult thing to do. It's difficult for me as a salesperson at the end of a sales conversation to go, okay, what did I do there? What could I improve on? You know, I think I might have been a little bit speedy and I had a bad word choice. That's not typically the way it works. Generally, we gauge the conversation by the results of the conversation, not by the skills during the conversation. So I look and I say, well, it was a good conversation. Therefore, I must have done it right. That's not the way it works. This is where great coaching comes into play. I want to be clear about this. When we talk about great coaching, we're not talking about making inspirational speeches. That's important, but that's not coaching. That's inspiration. That's motivation. Don't want to downplay it. It's a critical aspect of what it is that we do. But when we talk about skill development coaching, we're talking about making small, pointed, critically imp uh, important aspects of each individual component of the sales presentation. So, for example, if I'm coaching a new home salesperson uh, in their demonstrations, I can't look at it and say, today we're going to work on how we walk somebody through an entire home. No, 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 no. It, that's not the way it works. You might talk about how you can walk them through the front door. You can't look at it and say, today we're going to work on discovery, everything it takes to get to know our customer. No, uh -uh. with great coaching, you're focusing on one question and nailing that question perfectly. If you want an example of this, let's think about closing. Let's think about uh, uh, asking for the sale. Now, for most of you on the call right now as sales leaders, you've got a tough spot right there. You're in a tough spot. And the reason is because of the uh, satellite nature of our industry. You don't get to see your salespeople perform day after day after day. 
That's just the reality of our business. So if you can't say it's, it would be one thing if we were working in say a, a CarMax auto store where there are cubicles all over the place and you could literally sit on the other side of the cubicle, eavesdrop on a conversation and then go back and coach immediately. You don't get that chance. We can't do that. So here's my question for you. When it comes to the closing question, asking for the sale, when was the last time you actually heard an actual salesperson ask an actual customer an actual closing question? And the reality is, you'd frankly, you'd have to get lucky in order for that to happen. So then what do I do? How do I know whether they're doing it right? This is where that great coaching comes into play to say, do it again, do it again, do it again do it again. So that repetition and that coaching allows me to step in and make those small but important course corrections so that I could say to a salesperson out of the blue, even on a phone call, all right, I'm your buyer. We've been working together for an hour. Close me. What's your closing question right now? And if your salesperson begins by saying, oh, what? what? Oh, well, um, I think I would say, you know right there, it's not a habit. So that great coaching is not about building skills. It's about building habits. And as I mentioned, there's that discomfort, that yielding tendency to come into play because it's going to require the repetition. And the repetition says, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. So you've got repetition. You've got great coaching. And then there's a third component, which might be the most difficult of all, and it's called total concentration. Total concentration. So what happens here is that, and I just did this. So we we I do a, a four two formula academy. I, I that's where I've been the last few days in Scottsdale, with uh, fifty salespeople from different builders around the country in a room. And uh, what we do here is at, at all throughout the academy, we ask people to role play. We ask them to practice what it is that we're doing. Now, we're asking them to practice very finite skills. It's like one question at a time. We're not going to practice for a 15-minute role play. That's a waste of time. You've got to get very focused. So I put them into small groups. And then what will happen here is when they begin to practice, I'll notice something right from the very beginning. You know what I notice? Laughter. They start laughing. Why? Because the energy that comes from the discomfort of practicing is looking for a release. Now, here's my question. If they're giggling, if they're laughing, if they're uncomfortable, have we attained total concentration? And of course, the answer is no. When you look at true, gritty, focused performance improvement, there is that element of concentration that is absolutely so critical. So, so if we don't do that, we're going to have a problem. See, the issue that we're going to deal with is that when we're when we're when we're stressed out, right? When we're stressed out, our stress conflicts with our concentration. Our, our stress conflicts with our concentration. When I'm totally stressed out, I don't concentrate well. So the question is how we can get our salespeople to practice without stressing out. And the answer is do it more. You have to normalize the stress of practice in order to get total concentration. In other words, total concentration comes with an abundance of repetition and great coaching. Total concentration is nearly impossible unless repetition and coaching is normal to you. That's the idea. The, the, the brain invigoration that comes from total concentration is really, really cool. 
but it takes a process to be able to get there. So, so when we're thinking about skill development, we're looking at it and we're saying, am I willing and I gutsy enough to get my salesperson to do it over and over and over again? And am I willing to stand in there and say, nope, that's not perfect. Do it again. Hold on a second. You said, um, in the middle of your closing question, that would display a lack of confidence. You don't want to do that. You want to be totally confident. Do it again. Oh, that was awesome. Great. Do it again. No, that was so good. Do it again. Why, coach? Why do I want to do it again if I'm doing it well? Because I'm not trying to build the skill. I'm trying to build a habit. Do it again. This is the idea. When I think about skill development, it's not about dictating something at a sales meeting. It's not about demanding better performance or else. It's not telling someone something to do without showing them how to do it. And it's not settling for any kind of improvement. What we're talking about here is fearless coaching. We're talking about being obsessed with skill development. And the difference it's made is made by you, the sales leader. To be clear, a sales leader who is relentless about skill development, they think constantly about improving their team. Not just when they're in their sales meeting, they think about it all the time. And they, they aren't worried about offending or upsetting their salespeople which is what happens with the, the sales leaders who, who, who don't want to step in and, and make sure that it's perfect. A great sales leader is fearless, and fearless coaches are my absolute favorite. So I, I want you to look at it and ask yourself, are you gutsy enough? Is this important enough to you to look at it to a salesperson and say, do it again, do it again, do it again? Now, what's going to stand in the way? Well, what's going to stand in the way more than anything else is your desire for comfort. And I admit, I get it. I totally recognize this. As a coach, it's uncomfortable to step in and say, no, sorry, that wasn't quite perfect. We're going to do it again. Oh, you know what? That was perfect. And so we're going to do it again. This is uncomfortable. But I want to give you a little bit of encouragement. Um, it's going to be most uncomfortable the first time you do it. But here's the good news. When we go back and we talk about repetition, when a salesperson is doing something over and over again, they're building myelin in their brain, they're gaining their confidence. Guess what? When you are coaching, the same thing happens. You are building coaching myelin in your brain and your confidence goes up. You see, ultimately, we want it to be the point when we go out to work with our salespeople in the field and they see the car pull up, I want them feeling like, cool, here comes the boss. It's time to get better. See, coaching is not a game of gotcha. It's not sitting there trying to show you, here's everything you did wrong and make you feel stupid. No, coaching is about making people great at what they do. And this is one of the reasons when I think about what fearless coaches do and what they do well, there are a number of things that they do and that they do well. The first thing they do is they prioritize their field time. And that is that they make sure that they're getting ample time together face-to-face -to -face with the salesperson. That, that's really, really critical. They prioritize their field time. They block it out on their calendar. They make arrangements with their peers, with their managers, uh, with the, the owner of the company, whoever it is, to say, this is the time where I go make my salespeople better. It's one of those things where if you don't do it, if you don't make it your highest priority, then everything else is going to come along and trump it. But then what happens next? They maximize their field time. And when I say maximize their field time, here's my concern. I've shadowed sales managers for a long time, and I was a salesperson myself working with a few different managers. And what's the normal behavior? 
that I see over and over again. A manager comes into a sales office and they all ask the same question. And some of you on this call right now, you've probably been guilty about it at some point. And what's the question that gets asked? So what are you working on? How many sales you got working this week? That's not coaching. That's just an advanced peek at the sales report. That's all that is, is you trying to get a sense of how many sales you're going to have and whether you're going to have a good Sunday night or a bad Sunday night when it comes to let the boss know how many sales we That's all that is. So when we talk about maximizing the field time, no, I, I we're not going to get into it on this call, but I am a huge proponent that the lead conversion conversations where you're talking about active leads, that's what you should be doing over the phone. When I'm face-to-face, -face, I want to dedicate that to skill development. And then I want to hyper-focus on skill development and habit building. I'll give you a, an, an idea as to how to do this. Uh, a lot of sales leaders that I work with, they tell their salespeople in advance, when I walk into your sales office, you've never met me before. You have no idea who I am. Treat me like a buyer, and I'll have a story like a buyer. They, they do this every time they walk into the office, they pretend they're a buyer and they get into an immediate practice session. It's a great way to be able to hyper-focus on skill development. But the other thing that sales leaders do, what fearless coaches do, is that they say, do it again, a lot. They say, do it again, a lot. And the reason that they do it is because, and I've been saying this for years and years and years, that you've got to get this into your brain. The destination called mastery is on a road called repetition. The de destination called mastery is on a road called repetition. And look, I, I about five years ago, I didn't know how to ice skate, uh, but I wanted to learn to play ice hockey. And at age 52, I hired a coach to teach me how to ice skate in order to learn to play hockey. And now I play on two different hockey teams. I'm actually the captain of the Assassins, which is an ironic name because we can't shoot. Anyway, uh, one of the things that happens here, uh, it, when I was first learning how to skate, I had to do the same fundamental moves over and over and over and over and over again. And my coach, my skating coach was great. He was like, do it again, do it again, do it again. He somehow he knew inherently that there was that myelin that was building up in the brain. The destination called mastery is on a road called repetition. When you look at an, at a, a world-class musician, how many times have they played that song or worked on their, their fingering technique for the guitar or whatever it happened to be? If you look at a world-class athlete, how many times do they do that same thing over? Would you look at the most prolific brain surgeon in the country? How many times uh, has, has he or she been in there doing that and, and getting it right over and over again? That's the question. Now there's a tool that you can use. We're gonna, we're actually gonna, if you're, as our way of thank you for being on this conference, we're actually gonna email this to you. It's called the Mastery Accelerator, and the way that it works is, uh, you have the opportunity to uh, work with your sales team on one particular skill. And when I say one skill, I'm talking about like one sentence, one question. It should not be very long. It's got to fit in this page for sure. But if I just looked at it and said. Uh, okay, here's the skill that we're going to be working on, the motivation question. It, it sounds like this. So tell me, why are you thinking about moving in the first place? Or maybe it's the plan close question. So, so let me ask you, did we find the right floor plan for you? And what's going to happen is your salespeople are going to write the exact 
question, the exact skill in on that mastery accelerator. And then they're going to go through this practice time. The first thing they're going to do is that they're going to practice alone. They're going to practice by themselves at least 10 times. They're going to go through that question. And every time they practice, they're going to check a box, okay, so that they can do it 10 times. But they're going to do it into a voice recorder. And what you're going to end up with is uh, um, self-coaching. See, if I just say it and then I, I, I go afterwards, I go, what do I think? I think I nailed it. But when I record it, what happens? I hear it back and I go, oh, wow, that was that that needs some work. OK, in fact, I encourage salespeople to uh, once they're done with this, go back and listen to the first time they tried it and then listen to the last time they recorded it. Huge difference. Now, once we're done with that, what do we do? We're going to pair up with a peer. I'm going to do it five times with a peer. Now, think about that for just a moment. I recognize there is some discomfort that we're going to introduce there. But if I know that I'm going to be doing this five times with a peer, what will this do to my 10 times doing it alone or with a voice recorder? Right? I'm going to take that seriously because I don't want to look like an idiot in front of my peer. Once I've done it five times with a peer and I got a little peer coaching, now I'm going to do it three times with my sales leader, with my sales manager. So now this is just fine tuning. You have the opportunity as the sales manager to be able to get this perfect. Once I've got it perfect, and by the way, if you're the sales manager, if it's not perfect, send it back to work, send it back to the drawing board. But if it is, then we're going to have them demonstrate the skill to the entire sales team. Now, they might be looking at it saying, what do you, well, I don't want to demonstrate to the entire sales team. But I would look at it and say, they've already done it 18 times. And if it wasn't good when they were doing it with you, you're not going to let them get in front of the sales team anyway. But here's where the magic happens. If they can demonstrate it with proficiency, if they've got it perfect in front of the sales team, how great will they be in front of a customer? Right. That at that point, what's happening? Their confidence is high. They're feeling really good about themselves. They'll be more likely to use it in front of a customer. That's the way the mastery accelerator works. We work with companies that they they, they start every single sales meeting with what we call the talent show. We'll get to that in just a moment. Where salespeople are coming in and they say, "This is what I've been working on. This it is. Everybody ready? Here we go." And it's just a celebration of the work that they've been doing. That's what skill development looks like. Again, we're going to send you the Mastery Accelerator just to say thank you for being on the uh, webinar. But we're also going to send you a different tool called the Skill Development Coaching Planner. Here's the idea. This is the way that it works. We know that skill development uh, takes time, right? But what do we want to do? We want our sales professionals to build long-term habits. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to get them to over-prepare, all right? You have to stretch them way beyond their, their comfort zone. And so when we're thinking along those lines, we could do this by using the skill development coaching plan. I want to walk you through this tool in the in the few minutes that, uh, that we have together still, okay? First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce a small but very, very important technique. This is so critical. You need to keep this narrowly defined. It, it should be something that you could do in just a few seconds. One sentence, maybe two, right? So what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about uh, how I ask the um, 
what we call the future promise question. What are the, some of the must-haves that are on your list? It, it might be uh, how I do a kitchen close. Uh, it could be a, uh, a, a first response to a, a specific objection that you're hearing. Or maybe it's just a variation of, tell me more about that so that we can work on how we expand their curiosity skills. Keep it small. Keep it narrowly focused. All right, now what happens? I'm going to go into the teaching progression. So what I want to do here is I'm going to be instructing, uh, I'm going to explaining the process. I'm going to emphasize why it is so important. And then, and this is so important, I'm going to demonstrate it myself. I'm going to actually demonstrate the skill myself. Now, for those of you that makes you a little nervous, let me, let me just back that off just a little bit. If you're nervous about that, don't worry about it. Let me tell you why. Because if you're going to demonstrate it to your team, if you're going to demonstrate it yourself, I would argue that it's probably in your best interest to have practiced it yourself. Then what happens here? If you do it over and over again, now you can go in front of your team and you can say, look, I'm not suggesting that I'm perfect, but I don't want to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do. Okay? So I'm going to go first. I've been practicing, practicing this for several days in preparation for this event right here. Think about the message you're sending to your team that you, the coach, are willing to practice over and over again to prepare them for this moment. They are without excuse. They'll have to do it. You're going to lead by example. So you're going to demonstrate it yourself, and then you're going to have them write down the technique back on that mastery accelerator, right? So that's where we talked about the mastery accelerator. They're going to work on this exact skill, and we're going to send them loose to be able to do that. We'll instruct them then, you're gonna practice 10 times, you're gonna pair up, and then you're gonna repeat that over and over again. And now here's where it gets really intense, and this is for extra credit, but I think it's really, really cool. And that is that if you're introducing this at a sales meeting and a sales rally, then what we're gonna do here is that we're gonna instruct them to practice it 10 times a day. 10 times a day, you've already gone through uh, at the sales rally, they practice at the sales rally, but now they're gonna practice 10 times a day. Why? Why 10 times a day? In a word, myelin. They're gonna be building up that myelin and now they're not just developing a skill, they're developing a habit. Now, having done that, what do you get to do? Well, now when, you know, in between those sales meetings, those sales rallies, when you're doing your face-to-face -face coaching, you can walk into a sales office and say, all right, you know what we've been working on. We've been working on the kitchen clothes or we've been working on whatever it is that the entire team is working on. Let's see it. Let's see it. If they start by going, oh, um, now? You want me to do it now? Like, like right now? Like in front of you? If that's where they begin, I can tell you for sure they did not practice 10 times a day. By the time you're there, they should be looking and saying, yeah, you got it. Let's do this. That's the idea. Okay. Now, having done that, what are we going to do next? When we get people back together, it's time for the talent show. It's time to, or for them to show, this should be a celebration. This shouldn't be high pressure. The first time will be the most difficult time. But once we get to that point, what are we doing? It's all praise. We're not coaching now. We're just praising now. We're giving them success. We're giving them victory. We're raising their confidence. That's the way it works. So then what's going to happen, I'm going to announce the technique and it's going to be introduced at a subsequent sales rally. That's the idea. That's the goal. That is where we want to go. This is such a cool way to be able to do this because by the time we're done here, 
Here's what I get to do. And again, we're going to send this out you out to you. I can brainstorm a series of skill development focus points. Again, these are very, very small, concise, well-constructed, but critically important aspects of the uh, sales presentation. And then I'm going to plan it out. I'm going to say, on this week, we're going to introduce it. And on this week, we're going to have the talent show. Think about what we just did there. If you just, if, if you can brainstorm through, if you have weekly sales meetings, okay? If you do weekly sales rallies, if you brainstorm 13 topics, 13, and these are only a few seconds long, surely you can come up with 13. If not, read the 4-2 formula. They'll be there, I promise you. If you can come up with 13 topics, I just gave you six months of sales rallies. I just gave you six months of sales meeting agenda. Oh, come on, sales managers. I was there. I know what it's like to sit there and grind on what I'm going to talk about in my sales rally. But if I could find 13 things, now by the time I'm done, what can I do? How would you like to be six months from now in that position where you can think about 13 specific skills and you can know that you know that every one of your salespeople has it right? How much confidence would you have if you had absolute certainty because you had seen it yourself, you, you could see that every single salesperson can do this perfectly? How great would that be? That's what skill development coaching is all about. All right. You can get started right away. Just, just write down, you can write down right now that very first skill development focus that you're going to introduce at your next sales rally. I'm going to suggest you here that that everything that we've talked about, and if you have questions, this is the perfect time to be able to write, and we can, we'll still have a little time for questions, but everything we've talked about right now is all possible right away if you are willing to get past your own discomfort. Do not let your desire for comfort get in the way of making your sales professionals the best they can possibly be. Do not allow your desire uh, uh, to, to stay in that comfortable place, prevent your salespeople from maximizing their careers and maximizing their sales. This is what we do. And if you're not going to do it, who is? So there you have it. That's the process here. We talked about how we build talent, that repetition, that great coaching, and that total concentration. We looked at the Mastery Accelerator, and now we've looked at the Skill Development Coaching Planner. And as I said, we're more than willing to send those out to you. We'll email those out to you very, very shortly. I just want to encourage you. This is the fun part. If you're a sales leader, this is when you'll take the most pride. Years from now, your salespeople will look back and say, I got to tell you, I'm sure glad I worked for this person because, man, she just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And it wasn't fun at the time, but I'm a better person for it now. I am so grateful for the rest of my career for what I learned. You have an opportunity to raise the bar. You have an opportunity to build that talent. Take advantage of it. It's the most enjoyable way, the most fulfilling way, the most rewarding way for you to run your career. Anthony, I'll turn it back over to you. Jeff, thank you so much. Um, gosh, I you know I've heard you present on this a couple times, and that mastery accelerator really sticks out to me mm -hmm. as a sales leader because the salesperson, you know, the first step recording it is really a low threat. And I don't mean that negative. It's just a, it's a low threat. And as you build mm -hmm. confidence and as you move up, 
then the presentation moves up all the way into present in front of the group. So I think that is incredibly powerful and it's a progression that people can use to gain to gain that confidence. There's a couple questions uh, that came in that I wanted to share with you, but you had also given me a quote, and I love this one from Aristotle. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then mm-hmm. is not an act but a habit. And it's true. And it, regardless of whether you're in frontline sales or sales leadership, doing these on a regular basis is important. Some things that, um, some a question that came in, and I just want to bounce back to, you talked about yielding to discomfort and how um, laughter can manifest itself because it's how the energy is released in, in the context of total concentration. Does that mean, does that mean our skills development exercises need to be formal all the time or can we also and the question was you know can we have fun with our sales team too <laughs> yeah that's a really really great question yeah I, that's i'm glad that question was asked because i don't want to look at this as something that is um uh, so serious and stoic that we can't enjoy ourselves the fact of the matter is we actually do uh have a uh, we learn more when we're enjoying ourselves at the 4-2 Academy that I was just at in Scottsdale, I actually encourage salespeople that when they screwed up to fist pump, to, to give them one of those, yes, I screwed up. See, if I know I screwed up, then I can get better. If I don't even recognize that I screwed up, I can never get better. So I don't want to suggest here to you that this should be a, uh, you know, this head down completely studio. No, listen, uh, that what I'm trying to get away from is the laughter just because there's discomfort. People are making jokes and cracking wise and and just making fun of the whole thing. It's okay not to take yourself too seriously. So that's a very, very important dividing line. But that total concentration, and actually sales managers, I'll give you a, a, a hint about this. Oftentimes what will happen is if you have a practice session where you've got a salesperson, somebody playing the role of the salesperson and somebody playing the role of the buyer, it's the buyer who's gonna crack the joke. It's the buyer who's going to uh, uh, say something that's weird or offbeat. And that's what ruins the total concentration of the salesperson. So before I get into a practice session, I tell the buyer, please, you're not trying to be the most difficult buyer that ever walked through the door. You're not trying to crack jokes. You're allowing your salesperson to do their job. It's the frivolity that I'm trying to uh, prevent and that I'm trying to work around. If you screw up and you want to poke a little fun at yourself, that's one thing. We just don't want it to be this, you know, joking, we're not really taking this seriously type of thing. Did that make sense, Anthony? Yeah, that was a great, that was a great explanation. Um, and, and, and and that's what I had thought as well. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. you can have some fun in, in sure. doing this. Another, another question that came in, and, and this is actually one I was thinking as well, you know, I'm good at a lot of things, I'm not good at everything. So with certain coaching techniques if if i as the sales leader don't feel i have those those skills how how do i develop them how do i you know if i'm not fully aware of them how do i develop my skills in in the areas where i know i'm short yeah that's a that's a really good question because uh, i would argue that coaching itself coach coaching for talent development is a talent development exercise so what does that mean? If you are the one who's trying to develop your talent for coaching on talent development, you're a subject to the same thing. And that is repetition, 
great coaching, and total concentration. So the repetition, of course, that important part of you've got to coach over and over again. Just like I said to salespeople, the worst thing you can do is have your salesperson try something one time. Well, the worst thing that you can do as a coach is to try to coach one time because then you're going to look at it and go, well, that was horrible. I'm not going to do that again. So that repetition is important to you to try and find your voice, to build that style and to build myelin in your own coaching brain. But then, yes, I do think that you need a coach. And this is why, uh, look, I, I wasn't planning on turning this into a commercial for our sales leadership roundtable, but that's what we do. We spend an entire quarter with people that go through my mastermind group uh, just on skill development coaching an entire quarter on skill development coaching because it's difficult to learn this in a few minutes. So we do it over and over and over and over again. We dive deep on this, but yeah, you have to have a, a good coach uh, along those lines. Yeah. And that's something, you know, being, being aware and, and that's a big part for me, you know, being aware of what your strengths are, where you need to improve is important because to be, to be an effective coach, you have to be able to, to demonstrate and, and have those skills as well. And, and my last question actually comes from me, Jeff, because I've heard your, uh, I attended the sales summit and the sales summit was all about obsessing. It was about skills development. One thing you touched on also was inspirational leadership. So I just wanted to uh, ask you a simple book question. You know, um, have you read any recent books on inspirational leadership that you would recommend? I'm always trying to improve uh, my leadership skills. I've started reading a book uh, by Ron Williams called Learning to Lead, which I actually enjoy. Um, would love to know your thoughts on, on, on things that we can be reading as leaders to, to help ourselves. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a, such a great question. I, I would, there, I, I, the, the reason I'm stuttering is because I have so many books that I could recommend. Uh, I'm going to look at one right now that I recommend that, that sales leaders read for themselves first and not just read, but apply first. And then I would recommend that they buy copies for all of their salespeople and work together with them. And the book is called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's not a huge book. It's not a difficult read, but it's a powerful, powerful book about the little things that we do every single day that make a huge difference over the long run. The reason I'm recommending that book right now, Anthony, is based on what we just talked about. If we're talking about talent development, if we're talking about building our best sales team, you don't do it in one sales rally. You don't do it in one coaching session. In fact, you don't do it at all. You encourage your salespeople to do it. They have, are the ones who are going to have to, day after day after day, do those little behaviors over and over again that will pay off huge down the road. But getting into that mindset of saying it is the stick-to-itiveness, those little things every day that make a huge, huge difference. It's a very inspirational book. It really, really is. It's not just about how you succeed in your job, but it's how you succeed in your life in general. But it is a book that you don't just read. It's a book that you do. So many great ideas, very motivating. Your sales team will love it. The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Jeff, thank you so much, and I appreciate it. That was my personal question, but I love that you shared that. Um, I'm going to definitely get a copy of that book. But thank you so much, Jeff. Truly appreciate your time today, the information you shared. Uh, uh, this is 
phenomenal information. And again, the, the verb I use, it's actionable. These are things that we can implement and start using right now to improve our teams, to improve our sales, to improve our techniques. Uh, really appreciate you being on the, on, on the show. For all of you who attended, thank you for being on today. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you found it insightful. Uh, our next broadcast, we're going to be featuring Mike Lyon of Do You Convert? This will be on November 6th. Mike is one of the top online sales experts in the business. Our Homebridge team will be sending out invitations uh, for this event as well as future events, so we hope you register early. Again, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate your time today. Uh, and for all of you online today, make it a great weekend. Thanks.